Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Ruben Dua from Connection Loop, Dub's podcast. Today I have Cher Jones with me. And Cher, I've noticed some of your content and I really, really like the way that you kind of are super authentic about what you're doing and very kind of in the moment and real time about your posting and your sharing. And uh, it turns out that you have made a tremendous career for yourself um, teaching folks how to manage social media. So I want to learn how to do social media a little bit better for myself, for Dub. Um, I've got a ton of questions for you, ways that I can use stories a little bit better. I went live for the first time on Twitter, which was a lot of fun over the weekend. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll have to tell you about that, but let's uh, let's get into it. Tell me about yourself. So I am a social media trainer. I focus on the B2B side and specifically on the personal brand for business because what we're recognizing now as far as um, distribution channels, they started the people, not at the larger corporate accounts, just because, you know, we go there, we follow them, but then we don't go back and then there's no engagement. And what happens with engagement, it happens through the people within the organization as well. You know, we do business with people. So it's the relationships that are built and organizations are recognizing not only just for sales, they're recognizing from a talent attraction, a talent retention, corporate culture that they can leverage these amazing people in their organizations to do better at all of those things. And so that's what I do is I help people develop their personal brand so that when you look them up, they don't look like they're looking for a job. They look like they're there for business. You know what they do now, as opposed to what they did to get the job, because that's why you're looking them up anyways. And then I teach them how to be social in the context to their, their performance goals, what it is they want to do while at that organization. So it's all about networking within, networking outside, if that's part of your performance goals, and then creating content that allows you that visibility and allow, and increase your value as someone working at an organization. Wow, that's super cool. I love how you articulate that. What would you say the biggest problem is right now in terms of uh, social media and B2B kind of general just communication? It's just that general communication. A lot of people don't know how to either talk about themselves or create content that they're not worried about looking stupid in. So that's there's a big fear. So they're afraid that if they start using social media, they're gonna they're gonna look to their employer like they're looking for a job, unless they're in sales. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like we get that, but then they don't know how to talk about themselves. And we've been trained specifically on the B two B side. You know, LinkedIn. That's the place where you put your resume up there and hope for the best. But that is not a tool to do business. That's a tool to get a job. So mm-hmm. it's really shifting that and then helping people own what makes them awesome in the role that they're in and help them to see forward and how they can impact from a thought leadership perspective, from a relationship perspective, and move the dial forward when it comes to doing business. So the challenge is, is they don't know how to do it. And then the challenge is, is most people, because they feel like they have to be so formal, they come across boring. And then you know what happens? We don't stop on them when we see them in the newsfeed. Or they're creating content that's just not valuable in the networks that they're posting it on. Well, I mean, I'll tell you what I used to feel, and I felt this for a number of years, was that social media on the consumer side, on the personal side, was fun. It was expression, great photography, great videos. I really enjoy that. I mean, I, I took photography when I was young. I mean, I, I actually learned how to process film in a lab, believe it or not, when I was really oh, wow. young. Yeah. yeah. Um, just to date myself, I guess. But I'm right but, there with you. <laughs> <laughs> But but that said, you know, from a business perspective, it was a chore, you know, oh, God, I got to do the business, you know, social stuff. Oh, God, I got to get something on LinkedIn and get something on Twitter. And how am I going to get, you know, the 26 followers that I have on my social channels up? Oh, my gosh, we need to hire someone. This is such a pain. And it was like mm-hmm. such a difficult thing. And, and it was not something that I found enjoyable. This was years and years ago. Right through a different business, but I, I didn't enjoy it. And, uh, I couldn't find a way to make it a part of the daily flow, uh, make it something that I enjoy because if I don't enjoy something, it's probably not going to happen. I mean, I might be able to slog through it for a couple of weeks, but then after that, I'm going to lose interest. 
Mm -hmm. I'm going to get distracted. I'll end up doing something else. So I struggled with this. And what's the advice you have to folks that really want to make social fun, but then also effective? Um, the biggest point is, I think, around purpose, because when you know why you're doing it and also knowing who you're serving and taking it from an attitude of service and purpose and being intentional about it, all of a sudden you look at it in a different light. Why am I posting? For example, when I posted a story just that I'm getting ready to talk to you, I gave a little tip on why it's so important to prepare when you become a guest on a podcast. And even though it was just a moment, it wasn't all about me, although it was, you know, I'm certainly putting my brand out there. There's something that there's a takeaway for the viewer who's consuming that content to be like, oh, okay, so if I'm ever on a podcast, I'll make sure I do prep because Cher said that that's a good idea. And so when you can start getting in the mindset of, well, how can I create content to serve that audience that I want to cultivate? All of a sudden, there's more purpose and intention behind it. And then when you can attach it to a goal that you want to achieve, now you start thinking differently. It's not just pulling up your camera and taking a picture and being like, okay, selfie for today. It's a lot more. There's a lot more depth to it. Well, I mean, I'll tell you this, that the the perception that I have in now being connected to you and connected live, really, um, by seeing your post and by seeing your presentation with respect to your video and your audio, you know, I can tell you're a pro. I mean, I can tell you know what you're talking about. I can tell you practice what you preach. And that I think most importantly is that you come from a place of providing value and giving. Actually, this morning I heard this quote. I was, I've been in the process of teaching my, my kid, who's probably a little bit young to learn about this, but the idea of the abundance mindset versus oh. the scarcity mindset. Start him young. Start him young. <laughs> Start him young. Right? Yeah. So, so, you know, him and I listen to, we listen to podcasts on a daily basis. Uh, we really enjoy it. He, his favorite podcast is Brains On. And, um, yeah, so we've been exploring these topics of feelings, you know, feelings of happiness and sadness and anger and contentment and all this great stuff. And I have sort of pivoted to this idea of, well, I also want to teach you about this mindset of, you know, abundance and, and scarcity. And specifically what I started to realize and what I started to search for, I think, was that the gift, or I should say the purpose of living is giving, mm -hmm. You know, the secret of living is giving. There's a lot of different ways to say this, but, you know, we are here to help people to solve problems. And the beautiful thing about that, I think, from my perspective, which I'm learning about more and more every single day of my life, is that the more that I find, like, I can give to people, it can somehow benefit me and it can actually make me feel good, which probably sounds a little bit narcissistic. But, but at the end of the day, I feel like if I'm doing a lot of good for other people, um, then it's going to help me to be on my purpose and to be doing the best job that I can and to be fulfilling my best purpose. And I think social, to your point, is, the, is one of the best means to be able to do that in real time. We all have a device right in our pocket. So I exactly. love it. Exactly. And it's that, that barrier to entry is just not there. So let's take yeah. advantage of it. And then as well as we take a look through our careers, like as much as, you know, I got this millennial face going on, I got my Gen X knees reminding me every single day that I'm a Gen <laughs> X when I go to the gym. But at the same time, no matter how long your career journey has been or your life's journey has been, I can look at different aspects of my life. So you talked a little bit about, you know, I'm showing up ready because I started my career in sports broadcasting and then I went into marketing and then I went into PR and then six years ago, and these were all like five year stints just to do the math on the age there. So it's like carry the four, but all the same, <laughs> you, you do the math and you, and this is what you get to bring with you at any intersection in your brand like you get to bring your experience and that's what makes you unique in the way that you deliver your content because it's your perspective and just as you're folding in that abundance mindset to how you live your life and life is work life is family life is fun you bring that in there and then it serves your audience just by sharing that you are serving your audience which is just awesome so so give us some tips. I mean, what are the types of things that we can, quote unquote, serve our audience with? Um, the best way, again, is taking a look at, well, what's keeping your audience up at night? And then how can you package that in different ways? types of content. One of the, the best 
or the one of the best content formats that I'm absolutely loving right now is going live on LinkedIn. I have been playing with this live technology for a while. I started way back in the days with Google Hangouts on air. Yeah, that was a thing, <laughs> Google HOAs. And then I moved into things like Blab and Periscope and Facebook Live, but I hadn't found quite the love that I've found on LinkedIn. And here's the lesson here is that LinkedIn is like what I call my money audience. That's where I'm going to have the most conversations about what I do. And, and when they're the right conversations, they lead into an opportunity. But it's about finding where your audience is. And your audience is everywhere. My audience is on Snapchat. My audience could be on TikTok for all I know. But where are they willing to have the conversation that I want to have with them in a way that they're willing to accept it so it matches the culture of the organization. So the content matches the culture and it also serves the audience. So once you have that in place, now it's like, well, how can I feed this audience things that they will trust my posts every single time they see me post something that serves them, they will want to click. Whether they have the time or not is another situation. But anytime you post content, you are literally entering in a new trust agreement with your audience. And if you break that trust too often, they'll pass you by. So I guess some of the lessons that I'm pulling in here is finding the right network to share what it is you're talking about. Does it make sense that you're posting here? Or do you have to switch up the content format or the topic? Second is building that relationship with that network and then finding the right content formats that work for you. So I'm loving live because it forces me to show up every week. It forces me to be consistent because I used a show type approach. And then also just making sure that you're serving them and you're delivering value each and every time because that's how they'll begin to build that relationship, that trust relationship that happens with each piece of content that you serve your audience with. So you mentioned LinkedIn Live. Now, my understanding is that LinkedIn Live, it's open only to a very select few number of people. At some point, I heard 100 and then hundreds, and it's probably less than a few thousand, I think, across the globe, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. I think it's on an invite-only basis, and I don't think everyone has access to it. I don't believe I have access to LinkedIn mm -hmm. Live. Um, it's something that I'd like to get at some point. I haven't really done the live thing much at all, and it's something I'm definitely interested in. Uh, I actually went live on Twitter for the first time over the weekend, and this was at a Christmas tree lighting ceremony at the Grove here in Los Angeles, and it was, mm -hmm. a, it was a tremendous event. There was fireworks. The lead singer of The Fray was there. Wow. It's, a, it's a great show, and I went live. Yeah. And I was I was blown away because there was a thousand viewers that I had within sixty seconds. Yes. Um, caveat: I use Twitter Promote Mode, so I okay. pay a hundred hundred dollars a month for Twitter Promote Mode. So I think that that had a lot to do with it because I think it stimulated the algorithm, and I think that they sure. really try to push live video. But nevertheless, I was really impressed with the the reach of that. Um, mm -hmm. But how, how do you get access to LinkedIn Live, and then how do you kind of leverage live on other platforms? Okay, so the way you get access to LinkedIn Live is there was an application process. I know the last time I've heard that the application still exists. So if you just Google LinkedIn Live application, it will bring you to the point in their help where you can apply for LinkedIn Live. I know that they've gone through, I think their third or fourth round of beta test releasers, so like, or beta testers released, so that more and more people are getting access. And it is something where it has been pick and choose because I was part of the second beta release. But that being said, I I'm assuming that they're testing this and then they're opening it up to the network. Because the thing with LinkedIn Live is it's not native to the platform like you have Facebook Live or Instagram Live or even Twitter that's more of an integration with Periscope but LinkedIn Live is not native so you need to use third-party software in order to broadcast in so once they've opened that part of the API for your account what they're doing is you have to use something like Restream IO and then in addition to that, you have to have like a broadcasting software. So StreamYard, I use Streamlabs OBS, which is what a lot of gamers use for Twitch. There's so many different options. There's Switcher Studio. There's so many. But here's the thing. For my business, LinkedIn is definitely the best place for me to go live. And I was kind of holding out for that. And I developed a show based off of that. But get the practice. So just like you did, get the practice on Twitter, get the practice with Facebook. Even if you're going live into a Facebook group of one person, 
right? It's just about getting that practice. BeLive, which is another tech, it doesn't currently integrate with LinkedIn, but BeLive is a great platform. So BeLive.tv, great platform for going live into Facebook. Uh, YouTube just opened up their API to them as well. So you can now broadcast in there and it creates a phenomenal looking show, lower thirds, screen sharing, everything like that. So that's something that people might want to get in on um, just to practice because the thing with a live show, when done well, whether you have a guest or whether you're flying solo, as long as again, you're teaching or serving your audience in a way that they feel fed after mm. they've watched your and consumed right. your content, it's a good thing. So I presume that you have some physical hardware and then some software as well for all this. I mean, do you have a, an actual box that allows you to swap cameras and screens and stuff like that? Yes. So Streamlabs OBS, which is the one I use, and that's a free, that's like free. So it's also free 99 is always a good thing, right? And what they have is a, um, they call it the Slobs Remote. And it's basically an app that you can have your own switcher in an app. So I have it on my iPad and I'm just switching. It's, it's You set up different, whether I have a few um, transition graphics and stuff like that, and I switch my screens and I'm just using that remote. And then other than that, from a technology standpoint, I have my mic, I have my Logitech video camera, I have two lights going on and that's it. So, and there are some, I believe that um, Switcher Studio is, um, they use like iPads and iPhones to, to switch right in and stuff like that. There's so many, and StreamYard as well, I believe. There's so many different options right now. And um, StreamYard is also, they have a free version as well. If people want to try it out, that's a, a really great um, route to go. So yeah, there's not a big barrier to entry and there's more than one way to serve up a live. So while I have a programmatic, so a very, because I bring my broadcasting background into it. So I have segments, I have three segments and it's always planned, but you can go live on the fly as long as you have a plan. You could go, so I've seen a couple people do live in five. So five minutes of a live broadcast, they can do live for breaking news. So if something incredible happens in your industry, you could go live on Twitter. You go live on Facebook to talk about it. And here's the, where the strategy connection is, is now once you've done that, now if you have been networking with producers at the news, for example, or people who have regular podcasts where they may want to talk about that because it's live in the moment, breaking news kind of stuff, they've already seen your opinion and they might invite you live onto the show. Got it. So you obviously know our show, The Daily Dub. So what's interesting from my perspective is that we have sort of worked around our constraints in our lives for the mm -hmm. folks that are in the Daily Dub show. Um, for, for those of you guys that don't know, um, search for Dub in YouTube. You will find the Daily Dub. It's our daily show. Um, it's really kind of an expansive, interesting show. It's, it's vloggy. It's very casual, but it's also very educational. It's fun. So, But I think the point, though, is that we have worked around our lives, we've worked around our situations, and specifically our constraints, our geographic constraints, our technological constraints, you know, the, the things that we feel comfortable with, uh, our scheduling constraints as well. And, and that has seemed to work for us. Now, what we have working for us, of course, is the idea of production. We have a little bit of technology, we have some nice tools, cameras, mics, you know, we go out to interesting geographic locations. So I feel like live is it's a little bit more daunting. You have to have a lot of content. You can't just be sitting there smiling with the lights on, looking at the camera. Exactly. You have to provide a lot of stuff because yes. there's no real-time editing. Yes. You know, there's no real-time editing. So, you know, every time I've seen someone go live, I should say 90% of the time that I've seen people go live, it's this person is experimenting with live. They clicked a mm -hmm. button and the same applies to me. <laughs> so I still feel like the whole idea of live video needs someone like you with broadcasting background that knows how to do this and has an obviously a great personality to be able to kind of guide us and be like, how can we create a live show? What's the format? It might be natural for you. I think it's unnatural for a lot of people. But of mm -hmm. course, after you've done your first 100 videos, then it becomes natural. Yeah. It's just about getting over the first 100 videos. Exactly. Exactly. And and really what it is, is just working out, well, what's the best format with you? For example, one of my clients right now who's just doing gangbusters in her brand and her and is just blossoming on LinkedIn. One of the things that she's doing with the live, she is in um, 
she's in the diversity and inclusion space and organizational development space. And um, one of the things she's doing with her lives that we brainstormed together was she's talking about top seven HR news headlines for the week. And she's giving her advice and her opinion as a result. She's been, um, and even before that, she's been invited to to be a contributor on KTLA, for example. She's been invited to, to speak at different places. She's getting some incredible opportunities. And now with her life, she has a very specific format. And this is, to answer your question, it really comes down to what is your format? You have to have a beginning, middle, and end. And then on top of that, you have to plan in an integrated approach to being social. You can't just be talking, right? And this is not TV. You got to recognize as well that you're competing with regular television as well as the Kardashians and everybody else who's showing up in the newsfeed. So what you have to do is how do you take in a social approach to this live format while still having your own plan? So it's called in broadcasting, they call it a rundown, but it's basically the same thing as an agenda. So you have an approach. You have to integrate your social moments where you're talking to your live audience, where you're pulling them in so they feel feel like they're just not flies on the wall because if they at least feel like you're having a conversation with them they'll stick around but if you're thinking that you can compete with CNN or anybody else out there you can't tech up enough to do that right so you have to make it more interactive and have a plan for it and whatever the approaches there's so many ways to approach a live and develop your own show it's so easy you just have to figure out what would make sense for you and then have a format and work it through and something that used to take me let's say I'm like 15 or 16 shows deep in my in just as share live Tuesday night 9 p.m eastern standard time I'm on LinkedIn, by the way. Nice. <laughs> Where, give us a drop here. What's your username? How do people find you? So you can find me, Cher Jones. If you just look me up right now on LinkedIn, you can find me. I also go live on, um, simultaneously goes live onto YouTube. So if you search Cher Jones or hashtag just ask share, you will find all my content. I also push it out to Twitter at the same time as well. So um, yeah, it's all over the place. But once you have a format, and again, my show in the beginning, I prepped probably eight hours, nine hours just to have it. But now everything is a well-oiled machine. All I'm doing is planning my little segments. And then I spend two hours prepping for my live show, whereas I used to spend, you know, eight to 10 hours. So once you get it in there, once you get your graphics and the things that you want to make your show your show, once you have it together, you get a flow, you get used to the tech because it's, it's, it is daunting in the beginning, as you said, that technology side, because you're running the tech, you're trying to be interactive and think of your content and deliver value. And oh my, it's a lot. But once you get that technical side out of the way, you just, okay, I get this. And you also accept that it's never going to be perfect. Mm. Never going to be perfect. And that's okay. Done is better than perfect. And when you commit to something that may be um, episodic, right, where you're coming in every week and you're coming with a new episode and it's the same time, same bat time, same bat channel, people start to show up. And that's mm. amazing. And then how can you remix that content? Mm. Oh, yeah, like repurposing and, and that's exactly. the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, so that's an interesting topic. That's a whole nother thing. I still have a couple more questions on live in terms specifically with respect to what was the term that you used for creating the agenda? The, what was it, the rundown? Oh, the rundown. The rundown. Yeah, the yes. rundown. Okay, so so I have a couple of questions specific on the rundown, but uh, in terms of repurposing your content, um, what is your flow for that? How do you manage that? I mean, you have, I presume, longer form, five to 10 plus minute pieces, and then how do you kind of repurpose that into shorter form content? So my show is actually a half hour, which oh, is nice. an insane ask. But when I what I notice is that at least for the live portion, because that's the only data that I can get as far as um, people who stay on for the whole broadcast, people, my number stays the same, like people stay. If they get in, they're in. So that's awesome. So what I'm starting to do now, because I hadn't, I wanted to really get the flow of my show. And, but what I'm starting to do now is pull out 
nuggets and I plan for those nuggets in advance. They're kind of like your sound biteables. You know what I mean? They're that that thing that I know that I'm going to, that's an easy clip because it's just me. It's a lot easier. I know where to, to hit it. And then that's a, you know, so this new concept that I'm working on is like previously on Just Ask Share. I don't know if you remember 24. I'm, <laughs> I'm flowing with that. And uh, I was a big fan of 24. Me too. Me too. <laughs> so I want that same kind of like, even like the sound, I want the same thing just because I think it's fun. And just having either just like a 60 second clip or even a 20, like a 24 second clip. I don't think I can get it that short, but that would be really cool um, just to bring it together. But that's, you know, a hope and a prayer. But either way. And then, just, so that, is that something that's edited? Do you have an yes. edited piece? Oh, got it. Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to pull that off, edit it with a quick graphic. It's got to be quick. And then it's really just to promote showing up live to my show or to know that there's the replay. Because the biggest challenge right now on LinkedIn, if, if those of you who are thinking about doing LinkedIn live, is that your live has a shelf life in the algorithm of maybe a day, maybe maybe 36 hours max. Like it's not even a full 48, right? So what you'll find is immediately, like there's a time and it's like, it's almost like it turned off. It's no longer being pushed out unless people are looking. You can see the views just like, okay, now we've gone to this. And I think that's because so many people the data is probably saying is like a lot of people are jumping into live just to see it in a second, but the quality of content overall, like if, like you said, is like 90% of the lives you see is just people testing it. And then you got people like me who's actually putting together a program and, and time and effort, but the data doesn't show LinkedIn that people are like, this is my, all my assumption that people are spending a lot of time on live. So it drops, like there's no shelf life. Whereas a video there's a shelf life. That's the gift that keeps on giving <laughs> past yeah. 48 hours. So yeah. what I want to do is just use those. Now that I really got the flow to my show, use those previously on Just Ask Share. Just like those nuggets, those knowledge drops that are just like, oh my gosh, I need to hear that today. And now I can go check out the rest of her show. Because it's so hard to find content, uh, someone's content, unless you go in there searching and then go to posts and find that. And it's, it's just like a lot of work. So, I mean, that right there is, it's actually my biggest complaint about LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, you know, LinkedIn, as we all know, started out as a, as a job seeking platform. It was an yeah. online resume. Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the founders did a tremendous job creating that initially. And then now it's obviously become the business social network and we all mm -hmm. use it. It's great. Um, but my challenge is that, it's kind of profile and then it's ephemeral posts, but yeah. there's nothing that lives within the in-between realm, which is the evergreen content. Yeah. You know, I, have this, I have this vision for LinkedIn that eventually when we go to the person's profile, it's not going to be, where did I work for the last 20 years? It's going to be, what is the content that I've posted for the last yes. 20 days or yes. you know, 20 months? Um, because that's who I am right now. It doesn't matter where I worked mm -hmm. 10 years ago. It doesn't matter where I went to school. Mm -hmm. You don't know how well I did or how poor I did. That's it's so irrelevant at this point. I mean, exactly. if you're interested, yeah, you can find it on a little profile section. But you know, I wish that you know LinkedIn really kind of focused on, I think what you know Facebook and what Twitter and what some of the other great social networks are doing, which is here's my content. You yes, know, a medium for articles, for videos, and uh, in your case, for live videos. So you know, knock on wood that that becomes a reality. You and me both. But hey, it's 36, 36 hours for a post that takes, you know, hours to produce that has presumably high amounts of value. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's a little bit of a disservice. It, it definitely is. And then so it's like, well, you got to play the game that with that's the cards right. in front of you, right? So right. how do you figure it out? And then, then it comes down to, okay, well, now that I feel like I have, uh, now that I've, because it takes time, you don't want to, like I said earlier, it's like that. Every time you produce content, it is a contract. It's a trust contract. It's a trust agreement. So I wanted to wait till my show was at the point where, okay, no, I, I got the flow. I get it. And it's good. Now I can start really pushing people to the show. And that could be, um, you know, developing a list 
And, you know, as far as an email list, so people know that it's coming up because people are coming to me and saying, hey, I don't get the notification. I don't remember you're on and blah, blah, blah. And so that's the other challenge. So really it is, is like chopping up that content, mixing it in with other content, because I think that's really important too, to have a good content mix and then also cross pollinate with different networks. So I use, as we talked earlier about the stories, I use stories on Instagram just to share the behind the scenes of things where I'm speaking at, the things that I'm doing if I'm preparing for a podcast, whatever. And, and, you know, the fun family stuff too, you know, that kind of slips in the cracks as well. So. Yeah. So, I mean, where do you find the lines, the borders in terms of personal and professional life? At what point does it stop with share as a, as a professional and it starts as share as an individual, as a family person, as a gal running around town, where's mm-hmm. that line for you in terms of sharing your content? So I'm, careful to a degree like there's just certain things that live in the dms and that's it right so there's yeah. certain things that i just won't share just because it's either um you know words hurt things hurt while i find it funny i know it's inappropriate right and we all have that part of us or or whatever the case may be and then you have to look at okay what do you what i tell my clients to do when it comes from a personal branding strategy and perspective is what are the things that you're willing to have a conversation with anybody, whether it was a CEO that you hope that they're going to be your client or whether it is a friend. If you're okay with putting that up there on your social and you could have a conversation anytime, go for it. But maybe you want to pick your five things. I love Marvel, right? I love anything Marvel, DC, like anything comic book, movies. So specifically the cinematic universe. I will talk about that till the cows come home. That's a, it's a thing. I have like some nerdy things about me. Um, I love creating content. I love tech and gadgets and trying out new apps. So even in my show, um, my Just a Share show, I have a segment called Tap That App. And it's all about <laughs> highlighting. <laughs> See, and like that's the cheekiness that you will always get from me because it's fun and it's who I am. So I don't censor myself because that's the person that I would bring to a speaking event or a training engagement or with one-on-one. Like that's who I bring. So what I do is I try to infuse my personality, but not make it all. It's kind of like I would say. It's about 60%. My Instagram is probably like 60% of the things that I'm doing and maybe 20% of personal stuff, maybe a couple shots with my sons, but very rare. And then 20% of things I find fascinating. Mm, that seems like a healthy, healthy mix. You know, and I think it seems like it's also appropriate in terms of integrating social into your existing life, because that's a big thing that I struggle with. At least I should say I used to struggle with. Now it's a little bit more kind of second nature, but it's like when to actually pull the camera and when to share that. Do I click a photo? Do I take a video? Do I do an Instagram story? Do I do an Instagram photo? Do I do a a tweet? Do I do a live video? Do I do a Facebook? What's the choice depending on where I am? I think a lot of people actually uh, have a cognitive process. And, you know, there's so many switches, they have this control board instead of them. And based (laughs) on what their reality is and what they're experiencing, what platform do you choose? Vertical, horizontal, slow-mo. So much. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, and I think, and and it's it's tough, you know, but unfortunately, that level of kind of micro-anxiety that we might feel or that potentially unnecessary cognitive process it's a little bit of a strain on us and it, it, is. it needs to become a little bit of second nature. I mean, when I, if I have a Swiss army knife and I'm at my desk and I'm trying to solve something and I need to cut some paper, I'm going to know that I need to pull out my scissors. Yeah. Yeah. It's you not know? that deep, right? <laughs> you know? It ain't that deep. Like I'm yeah. not going to pull out the toothpick. Right. Yeah. So I think it comes with time. I think that's the key. Yeah. And it's also, it's not just about posting. It's also about consuming content yeah. because guess what? We're all learning from other people. I learned from you today, you know, the way in which you shared your Instagram story. I really enjoyed that because oh, it was you. so accessible. Yeah. I mean, it was something I learned, you know, you were on our site, you were on our blog and it was what you were seeing from your perspective, from your eyeballs. Mm-hmm. And you just used your camera as a secondary perception, really. Mm-hmm. And then you capture it and share that. And I really appreciated that moment. So it made me feel that's good. Awesome. So. Yeah. So <laughs> here's another question that I have. You know, I, I still want to get into this this whole idea of the rundown mm-hmm. because it's something that we do. We have our own process. You know, we use Asana. We have a content calendar. We've got dozens and dozens of content ideas. These come from our user base. These come from SEO keywords that we want to target. 
These come from things that we're personally interested in. Mm-hmm. I want to understand when you go live, what is that agenda? Do you say, I need to get this pickup. I need to mention this. There's this reference that I can make. I'd love to get into your mind on that and have you yes. share the whole process. Be as expositional as you possibly can because I think Absolutely. it's massive learning. Okay. So what you have to know is you're always starting before you even write and put anything pen to paper is you're thinking, well, what is it I want to accomplish and how am I serving this audience? Right? So you've already thought of the things that you need to accomplish by the end of someone watching this show, they should walk away with this, 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 and that. And then you can always check it back and forth. So basically your rundown is like recognizing all the little pieces. So most people, so from a live perspective, and I'll use that, a rundown can be for any different type of show format, but from a live perspective, you need to recognize that more people will watch your show on the replay. They're not watching it live. So you can't show up. So this is the first part of your rundown is how are you introducing your show right off the bat? Most people are deer in headlights. They're waiting. Okay, let's see who comes on. No, because people, you've got thousands of views afterwards. So you need to talk to that replay viewer. (laughs) And so you need to know, you need to right up front, deliver the promise of what they, by the time you guys are done watching this show or even talking about the problem even though there's nobody live watching you have to be cognizant that there's thousands of replay viewers right so those are the people you're talking to right now don't worry about the numbers and maybe sometimes people won't show up to your show and that's okay because at the end of the day um there's ways there's so many ways to chop up the horse and 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 figure it out so first want to have is that plan up the top is like, what are you promising by the end of this show? You're going to get this. You're going to, we're talking about this today and this, and then now you're going to start to welcome in your viewers, right? So you have to have that welcome viewers, like take a look at who's on online today and have some sort of interaction with them because what you want them to do is interact early because then that goes out into the network that they're interacting and they feel like they're a part of the show. So that interaction piece, But here's the caveat with live interactions. Depending on the network, there's a live lag time of about a minute to let's say a minute and a half because Mm. you say it, you're ahead a minute, right? And then they have to then, oh, she wants me to respond. So they've heard it now a minute. Now they've got around 30 seconds of they're either typing something in or they're responding. So you can't now say, Hey, you know, tell me where you're from and where you're at. And then look down at your phone like you're going to have that information because it hasn't even been delivered. Mm. So now you have to dance a little bit. So what are you going to say? And these are things that as you do the show, you start to recognize, Mm. you know, that you have to bake that in. So this is your plan. You've got this thing. And then you want to say maybe there's um, then you have to find out if there's anything promotional. Where are you going to fit that in? Right in there where it's still organic like you don't want it to feel like oh guys and I'm speaking here like it has to be you have to find a way to do it right so Mm -hmm. there's that and then now you're going to get into your content right and then go back in and say let's see what you guys are saying and so you have that piece like you literally have things because you won't always remember when you're live looking at your camera you won't always remember that you have to oh check the audience Mm -hmm. check on the audience because live is a different beast like I said before you're competing with television and it's not the same content you have to deliver must-see social TV. You have to do that, right? And it has to be something where it's just like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm having a conversation and I'm learning and this is worth my time and not going to watch, well, I'm on Tuesday night at 9 p.m. So I'm, I, I love Blackish and I'm, I'm totally missing out on, on that network. Or sometimes it's like the Democratic debates or it was the World Series a couple of weeks ago. It's just all those things. You're competing with all that. So how do you bring them in? And that's just the live viewer. But again, knowing that you are broadcasting to everybody beyond that you have to have that in mind so you have your different things what I did with my show by the way is I cheat a little bit because I have I took a TMZ or just TMZ approach to my or pardon the interruption PTI so I taken that approach and I list my agenda so people know what to expect and that also keeps them on longer and I use a timer 
to keep me in and around 30 minutes of a show. So people kind of know that there's a beginning, middle and end and they know where I'm at in the show. So that's the same thing. That's like a visual version of my rundown. But the rundown is what are you going to say? How are you going to introduce? Like, what's your transition from one thing to the next thing? And then it forces you to say, as you're moving from topics to topic, it can't be like that hard transition. Now let's talk about this. It's just like, okay, so if we see, um, if we see how this worked, now you'll see why I'm recommending this app and tap that app because this app will help you to be able to accomplish what we just saw in Scroll Stoppers or whatever. So um, Scroll Stoppers is um, a segment in my show where I break down content and why it works and how what what strategies you can take from that content. And then I have tapped that app and then I'm teaching something as well. So those are my three segments. And so it's really that rundown is moving you. It's like a template of your show. It's moving you through. It helps you to think out what you're going to say. So how are you going to introduce it? So in tap that app, if I was talking about dub, I talk about, you know, how it works, where you can get it. Uh, what's the website. So all those things are in my rundown. And then another technical piece that I didn't talk about is, in another column I have well this is a screen share so I'll take a like I, I have a graphic for this or I have a video for this and I know where it is so it's it's available and I know that oh I'm coming up next to a full screenshot or I'm coming I'm on camera for this so all those things are also inserted into the rundown so I have this paper beside me that I can look down okay yeah I have an example so I can go to full screen and that means me switching on the remote so at the end of the day, if I was to give you a brief um, overview of the rundown is you have your segments planned in, you're planning in how you're going to interact with your audience, you're planning how you're going to introduce each segment in a way that it allows it to flow. And then the final part is, is you're planning for all the technical part pieces to make your show work, whether it's a different camera angle, whether it's screen sharing or a video or a graphic transition, you see all that. So you just know you have your show going and there's a beginning, middle and end. So all this makes me want to do is just hire you. <laughs> 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 you know, when are you available to start to be our personality? That's what this makes me feel like. You know, it's still, you make it sound so easy. And I think it's just a testament to your talent, to your purpose, to your mission, how long you've been doing this for, how many mistakes you've made, how many experimenting you've done. Um, you know, it's it's tremendous how easy you, you make it seem. But I, you know, I think about this because, you know, obviously at, here at Dub, we work with a lot of people of a lot of varying types of technical expertise and knowledge. You know, a lot of folks come in and, you know, it's not, it's not even about age always. It's just about really time with technology, right? Mm -hmm. with, whether it's with Windows 10 or whether it's with Mac or microphones and camera access. And there's all sorts of updates with Catalina and stuff. And um, my inspiration from your kind of walkthrough on how to really manage a live show here is just do it. You just got to get yes. in and do it and make all the mistakes if you want to do it. And if you don't want to do it, that's okay too. But be on the receiving end because this is the future. I mean, watching live video is the future, you know? And I'm, I'm super excited about it. So, I, I mean, that was a tremendous walkthrough. I mean, you know what it makes me want to do? It makes me want to schedule a time with you. I'm the type of person where... When I get the inspiration, I'm like, let's just go. Let's just mm -hmm. jump in and do this. And like, let's just make all of our mistakes and just laugh at ourselves in the process. But, mm -hmm. you know, I'd love to just jump in and do a live with, you know, we have a little bit of an audience. So, you know, we can do it through, um, we'd have to set up some of the tech, but I think it would actually be hilarious to do a daily dub episode on, you know, Ruben going live for the first time. And it would probably right. end up being a total comedy piece. <laughs> Because as I've mentioned, I've only, you know, I am, I have been that deer in the headlights, you know, um, when I've gone live and usually it's me waving and smiling and saying, Hey, where are you? What's going on? And, mm -hmm. you know, maybe I'm waiting for people to show up. Don't worry. Everybody <laughs> does it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, that said, I, I think that the, the algorithms and I think the social networks, I think they, they understand that so much of technology specific to video is going to the live space and that they give you bumps. They give you access they give you visibility you know they know that when you click that live button they are going to go hustle and the social networks are going to go send out those notifications across all their channels and say share is live check it out yeah. because you've got a hundred videos that are on your post right now but guess what someone is live and that's right. real and that's synchronous you know 
So I think it's it's a really, really good time to get into live video. It's like getting in early, like early, early. Hundred percent, because it's truly authentic. It's in the moment, and that's why stories work so well. Um, or Snapchat was working really well because it's that authenticity that you get to see, as opposed to the curated. I mean, stories have now evolved in the sense of what you can do with them, so it's not as authentic as they once were. But still, that authenticity that you get with live and nothing else, and they, and there is like, so you're saying there's a chance moment that person may interact with you especially as they build their following and they get you know 500 like a Gary V thing was like you're saying there's a chance that Gary V might just read my comment like people stick in and wait for that you know so there's that exchange that cannot happen anywhere else and it's truly social at the next level and I mean I've been in production environments where we have an entire truck covering uh, like for a game for example and there's like a truck of people and micro uh, microwaves like everything like these big satellites and now we have this and that's mm. it mm. and that's all you need as long as the wi-fi is strong you are on so like that's it yeah i like that as long as the wi-fi is strong you are on <laughs> so you how how important is writing for you i i'm sensing a lot of writing vibes from you you know you're you're a poet <laughs> um, you're a great storyteller, you're a rhetorician. Talk to me about that. Um, for me, I went to school a long, long time ago, and I land far away for journalism. And so writing has always been my thing. And as I've gotten to each area of communications that I spent five years in each, it's been journalism and then that marketing writing where I really learned the art of copying, copywriting and then going into PR and communications for the government, total different beast altogether. And then I, it's kind of embedded in who I am now. So I feel like my brain is constantly editing and like coming up because I, I see the value of like the copywriting and and then just like that approach and and then also the soundbite style for TV. And then it's just, that's the way my brain works. My brain's constantly writing and I, I love it. But I find that now because it's so inherent to who I am, I dictate a lot of what I write. I, it's faster for me to say it and dictate it into my phone, like just using Siri dictation, and then go back and edit because I find that I edit too much if I'm typing. So I'm working on a book right now and it's called And You Are, which is basically that question that everybody's writing or thinking about when they're looking you up online. And it's mm. a step-by-step -step guide to branding yourself so you never have to answer that question again. Ooh, people I like know that. Yeah, so Ooh, that's what I'm like working that. on. Yeah. <laughs> And so, how far along are you? In this I am two thirds along. So I'm hoping um, by my birthday, which is May next year, I should have, you know, I, I should be exactly where I want to be. Whether hopefully it's in the hands of a publisher where they are just like running with it. Or if not, it is it is self-publishing world for me. I'm just not holding back. But I do have the vanity dreams of, of a publisher all the way. <laughs> yeah, of course. I actually just dropped my first book and it's called Click Record. And it's all about video marketing. And, I love uh, it. We're at the yeah, we're all at that. And, and actually, one of the really interesting things is that it features a lot of the stories from this podcast. Just a ton of stuff that I've learned mm -hmm. through video. I mean, video saved my life. I've heard that video has saved so many people's lives in terms yeah. of finding their purpose and yeah. expressing themselves, and to really be able to communicate and to help people ultimately. For sure. Video is where it's at. So I remember there was a time on LinkedIn earlier this year, I was doing a series, another series of videos where there were five to seven minute tutorials, really fun, like kind of fun vibe about what I was doing. And then my account got a bug on LinkedIn, a technical bug on LinkedIn. And for five to six months, I could not post video. And I didn't mm -hmm. like I didn't do anything to like um, compromise, um, you know, any terms of service or anything like that. It was literally there was a bug on my account. It also was a great learning lesson, by the way. But the hit that my business took as a result of not doing my regular videos, because visibility plus credibility equals opportunity. Right. So you show up. And people get to know you and trust you. And that's why video, and that's why I love your platform. So let's just talk about your business for a second. And I feel like there's such a ton of value of showing up 
in video because it's authentic and especially using a platform like dub to be able to slide into people's dms and have a video that you could send that person that's authentic to who you are but then not just it's not just a video like you would just send somebody a video message there's it's smart on the back end, right? So you can track it. You can, um, there's a landing space to it. You can, you can see what's going on with it. It's, it's like a smarter marketing approach than just sliding into somebody's DMs, right? So you can see how many times they watched it, all that good stuff. So video is powerful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well said. Here at Doug, we are investing a lot into actually our, I think our engagement, our ability to easily, quickly send videos, Gmail, LinkedIn, CRMs, any platform that you're comfortable in. Um, but then also we're kind of starting to really evolve as a, as a live platform. That's just, this is sort of something that I haven't totally not announced necessarily. So I'll just give you kind of a teaser on this. But mm-hmm. one of the things that we're in beta for right now is called, um, well, it's tentatively called Dub Convos. Okay. And it's essentially a, a real-time synchronous live chat on Dub. So if you notice, next time you create a Dub video on your platform within your dashboard, you're a subscriber, you'll, you'll see access to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'll see a checkbox for the ability to turn on real, real-time chat. Okay. And what happens then is that if someone is on one of your video landing pages, they can actually input their email and then have a chat with you, um, similar wow. to how an online chat would work. And then through the mobile app and also through the desktop, you're going to see a little messaging box that appears on the bottom of the dashboard, mobile and desktop, very similar to how LinkedIn works. And you can actually chat with them in real time. So right. it's it's a new evolution for us. And like, as I mentioned, it's a beta right now, but we're really excited about it because it's, it's kind of something that really catalyzes the whole idea of live synchronous communication mm-hmm. to an existing asynchronous platform, which is really what Deb started out as. So take a look at that when you get some time. I'd love to get your feedback. Absolutely. And it's really something that I am planning because most of my business has been inbound um, just because mm, yeah. of my content. Nice. But as I start to... And, and it's wonderful, and I'm so grateful for it. But I want to be strategic about the companies that are engaging in my content, but we haven't gone a step further. So I need to now go outbound. And I just think that being able to go outbound with video in a place where they've already trusted me, but now I'm showing up in their inbox and having a, an advanced conversation. I mean, advanced as far as where we're at in the sales cycle, just simply because they have seen me, they trust me. And it's just, and being off the cuff and being, Hey, I was taking a look at what you guys are doing here. And, you know, if you're when I just want to get on your radar. So if you're ever having, you know, if you're ever thinking about, you know, Brand, working with your team, whether it's a looking at your organization's corp, I call them corporate influencers, looking at people who are influencing talent reduction, uh, sorry, talent attraction, retention, sales, thought leadership, those people need to be branded. And I've seen some of them and you could, you know, share screens and all that stuff and have a real conversation that would be a, a inbox message this long and be a turnoff, but a video you can convey, you can get a lot across in a way that's so personal, non-templated, and just something that is like, wow, I want to have a conversation. And it's just about getting the right approach. And I just think that leveraging video to have those conversations, those meaningful conversations where you're adding value in those videos is tremendous, especially when they're one-to-one videos. Love it. Um, speaking of conversations and value, where can people find you on social networks? The best place people can find me, and I would love for you guys to connect with me, is on LinkedIn. So just search Share Jones. I'll be right there. Promise. As well, you can find me on any social network. It's Share Jones. So I-T-S, Share Jones. Especially my go-to, my one-two punch is LinkedIn, Instagram. So I would love to connect with you guys on both networks or one, whatever is your pleasure. But I'm also on Facebook, of course, and Twitter too. So Nice. It's Share Jones on social networks. Amazing. Well, Share, listen, I, I really appreciate your time. One of the things that I actually want to do is I want to schedule a live uh, live segment with you. So I was thinking, I was thinking we could, if you're down, I was thinking we could schedule it right now with our calendars okay. right in front of us. And, and, uh, you know, by the time that folks listen to this, it'll, it'll be in the past. Yeah. So that's, that's an interesting dynamic, but nevertheless, um, I think folks will be able to find it if they search for, um, 
I guess Ruben Dua, Sherrod Jones on, on Google or yeah. through the um, through the Dub Facebook um, group. So that's where we'll do it. So awesome. um, how does your schedule look? What's the time needed? Um, how about tomorrow in the afternoon? Tomorrow in the afternoon. Yeah, I could do that because I'll be preparing for my show so yeah no i can totally do tomorrow it actually works because my hair is washed already so it's all good, oh, there you go. We're good. <laughs> it's a whole it's a whole preparation process normally i would, <laughs> would wash my hair in the morning but since i'm good to go yes it works my hair gets messed up when i wash it because yeah. <laughs> i don't like it as much because i like the kind of the bedhead <laughs> the struggle yeah. is real i tell you <laughs> Very cool, Cheryl. I'll hit you up. I'll send you a line. We'll schedule something. And I really appreciate you. Thanks for being a dub user. Thanks for providing so much value. And thanks for being a live, live person on the social blogosphere. I love it. Thank you. I love being here. And I really appreciate the opportunity to just network with your peeps. So thank you. Thanks, Cheryl. Bye-bye. All right. Bye.